Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in week after week. Your support and your belief in me means more than I can even express in words. We are, we are ranked in the top 100 in mental health because of you. You share, you share these episodes, you listen, and I just can't thank you enough for that. I want to thank our sponsors as well, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried & Jensen, Thread Wallets. You guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting me. And um, I'm grateful because I get to sit with these amazing people week after week this, who has amazing stories, and today's going to be no different. Today I'm, I'm joined by Karen Ferran. Karen, thank you for being here. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, yeah. So we've known each other, I've, what, probably about going on over a little over a year now, I think. Yeah. Officially, I guess. Yeah. Right? I think and, so. And uh, we've got mutual friends now. And, uh, you know, I, you are a teacher at... Uh, um, Lone Peak High School. Lone Peak. I was going to say Corner Canyon. You're not at Corner Canyon. You're a Lone similar, Peak High School. Similar. Similar yeah, on the other similar, side of the mountain. Yep. <laughs> and uh, you love working with kids. And I want to give a little background for our listeners uh, you're a health and wellness expert. Uh, you're into you know, business and leadership junkie. You've been working with youth for over 17 years. You hold a degree from Brigham Young University in health and wellness, a master's in educational leadership, a master of business and administration. You're very passionate about teaching our youth about life skills to give them a head start and equip them with the tools to navigate personal life and purpose and live a purposeful life, excuse me. And then also you co-partnered co uh, for eight years on a national youth program called Challenge Day, um, aiming to, at teaching connection and empathy to create an environment for teens to thrive. Uh, there's so much more here I can read. Uh, you're married, you have kids, you're a mom, you're, you're a wife, you're a teacher, you're a leader. I mean, the list goes on. And, and a nana. And a nana, there we go. Wow, you don't look old enough to be one of those. But uh, we're excited yeah. to claim that new one. There new you title. go. Congrats on that as well. Thank yeah, you. that's right. You we are. Love it. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us today, and thanks for uh, all you, you do to help our youth. Thank you. I love our youth. Our yeah. youth, they really are amazing. They really are. You gave me the opportunity to come speak at your health classes uh, about a year ago, I guess. Maybe. I did. That was awesome. So they I, thank you. loved it. <laughs> they raved about that. that and fun. they always would say, now, who is that guy again? And <laughs> we love him. That was awesome. Oh, cool. They no, loved that was you. a lot of fun. Well, why don't we start with, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and maybe a little bit about your childhood. All right. So yeah. I'm a Utah native. Um, I was born in Cache Valley. Mm, okay. And love Cash Valley in the little North Logan. Uh, grew up on acres in the country. We joke nice. about it because uh, yeah. some of the family members joke that we're from the country, but we loved <laughs> our little country home. Yeah. Um, loved growing up in Cash Valley. I am the youngest of four children. Okay. I grew up in um, probably an interesting time. I think everybody has an interesting story. Um, I was born into an interesting time in my parents' marriage. Um, it was the towards the end of their 
marriage was disintegrating. Mm -hmm. And so about the age of four, my parents um, parted ways and went through a divorce about the age of four. Mm. And, you know, a lot of great things come together when we go through adversity. Um, My my Nana, which was my mother's mother, came in and was a great support to our family. Um, My dad and oldest brother moved out and... My oldest sister and my brother um, were all living. We all lived with my mom. And um, it was interesting, anyone that knows that's gone through this, um, it creates an independence because uh, my mom, she just, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom, but then she also um, had to go back to work. And then also her own grieving of the loss of her marriage. Yeah. She wasn't as available to us as we would have hoped for, right. um, which is understandable. So my siblings, we became very strong together. Um, my dad remarried rather quickly, and so he took on a new a new situation. Um, but you know what? We still had a lot of great things, and um, I became very close to my brother and my sister, and my Nana and Papa were very supportive, and they became mm-hmm. a very strong support system as well. Um, uh, as time went on, each, uh, my sister ended up moving in with my father, okay. and my brother developed, um, they got into junior high, which a lot of, you know, kids do. He yeah. started dabbling in marijuana which then led to some other things and that was the one thing that was particularly hard because he and I were quite close and so when he started intermixing with drugs and things like that as you know you work with drugs it just changes the family dynamics it It changes um, their availability emotionally to be a family member and so uh, when he got involved in those sort of things, it it created kind of a little bit of a gap. Um, he ended up moving in with my dad, and then just shortly after, I ended up moving in with my dad as well. So from about oh, okay. 11 on, I was uh, living with my dad, and um, we lived in, in Utah County. And one of my great things was is I always have had great friends. And right. so okay. in junior high and high uh-huh. school, <laughs> I had a great support system of friends, and that was a a great outlet for me. I was involved in cheer and dance and gymnastics and um, went into high school and I cheered in high school. Um, I had friends that were really go-getters. They were academic. I wasn't so much. I was kind of just a mediocre student. But Would you consider yourself a go-getter? I, You know, I I've learned how to be one and I attribute back, you know, I look back to my high school days and as I've, you know, progressed in life, I look back and go, wow, what a blessing it was to have (laughs) such a great foundation in high school of just friends that were, they were just, um, solid, solid people that were, you know, academic and, and so of course we cheered together and we hung out together. And so I wanted to be where they were. So yeah. I just act naturally took the classes they did. Yeah. I didn't get the grades they did because <laughs> right. I was kind of that student that was yeah. like, eh, B's fine, yeah. you know? And we had so many kids between, yeah. you know, my father's new wife, which we all became great. Like we all love each other. 
that's the one thing in our blended okay. family that's nice, is huh? the siblings like we all love each other i love my yeah. stepsisters i love my um but if as every blended family it had obstacles of you know blending but yeah. um yeah so in high school i had great friends and as i um you know, it's interesting because, like, when you're in school, you also have life-defining moments, too. Yeah. Um, just going back, as I was thinking of one of um, the experiences in my life that really gave me a little bit of a mantra in life was when I was in junior high, my best friend and I were in a choir class, and her name was Colette. And we were the ninth graders. And, you know, when you're like the oldest of the school and oh, you have yeah. your best friend in the class, oh, yeah. you're like, you don't need anybody else. You're like, man, life's great. Yeah. Right. Well, we had a little Sevy, I guess you would call him a Sevy behind us. And he really was the stereotypic that Sevy. Yeah, right. And he would always be like tapping on our shoulder and yanking at our hair and telling yeah. us knock knock jokes. And here's the thing. We never said anything rude, but we did have the aura of like ever. Yeah. Do you know what right. I mean? Just that yeah. kind of. Totally. All right. OK. Yeah. And we never really again said anything we just didn't give the you know he was just really searching searching for attention and then i remember one morning we were all just kind of doing our thing teacher was late to class and of course you know kids just talking and chatting and then when she came in it was really quiet and i'll never forget she had announced to the class the little jason yokum the sevy had taken his life the night before. Oh, wow. And I remember a feeling that I had never felt before of complete guilt, of I coulda, shoulda, woulda, like it was my fault, as if I had a responsibility in his decision. Yeah. And thinking, I shoulda left, I shoulda talked, I shoulda tried harder, I shoulda, coulda, woulda, and I didn't, you know? And again, I never said anything rude. I just never gave it more than I could have. And, and as I was kind of processing that at the age of 14, another lesson that my mom always taught me, because when you're a junior high girl, you're like always sharing clothes with your friends. And she'd always be like, Hey, if you're going to borrow somebody's clothes, you better leave them better than you found them. them, And you better, if you do something, you better replace it, pay it, make it better than it was, you know? And so she always instilled with us that you always take care of other people's things. And Mm. during that experience, like the thought came to me, you know, if things are important, people are actually way more important. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you need to leave people better than you find them. Mm. Whatever that looks like. Yeah. You need to leave people better than you find them. Um, came to find out, you know, there were some home That's issues amazing. with yeah. Jason's situation, but I still have his obituary really? because he was a life-changing moment for me that was, you need to be attentive to how you treat people and not even just what you say to them, but how you engage them and their awareness of them. And and so Jason taught me the importance of being aware of people. Wow. And being aware that people have more and carry more than what we appear. Yeah. And that was a valuable lesson for me at 14. Boy, at such a young age too, right? To learn that tough lesson, you know? Yeah. And I know you're, you know, one of the things that we were going to talk about today is just how 
how life will unfold itself as long as we keep moving forward. You know, it may seem dark, but yet, you know, if we keep moving forward, we start seeing some of the light and that. And, and I think it's some of these life changing life transformational moments that, you know, at times define us in a sense that makes us better. Absolutely. Even though it's tough to have to have to learn it that way, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes we have setbacks that we don't anticipate. You know, I was just sharing that I had really great friends that were really (laughs) great students. And I was that kind of mediocre, but I was kind of hanging on their coattails. And I'm really grateful for them because I wasn't that student that was like, oh, yeah, I'm college bound. In fact, my family, we had so many in the family. It was like, oh, you're going to college? (laughs) Uh, I would like to. But no, they were always very encouraging of college. But it was, okay, if you're going to college, that's on you because we have a very large family and and I am actually grateful looking back for that because you know it really taught me accountability for my education yeah um but so really quick story about just kind of life unfolding and even just little setbacks that you don't anticipate was when I was uh you know, friends were going off to college. They were going to BYU. And I'm like, heck, yeah, I'll go to BYU with yeah. you. So I fill out the application, send it in. Don't really think twice about it. And I get my letter back. And again, I was just kind of on my own. So I'm like looking through it. And it's like something, something, something. Congratulations. Uh, spring and summer, something, something, something. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that was nice of them to invite me to go to spring and summer. But I've got like right. summer plans. <laughs> like I've got senior trips in yeah, the pool. Right. I'm not going spring and summer, but that was really nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I didn't go spring and summer. Okay. And then I uh, go to register for, for my fall. I mean, this was so long ago. This is when you register on the phone. On the phone, yeah. You remember those days? <laughs> yes, I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to register on the phone and there's a block. And I'm like, what the heck? So I call yeah. the registration and and they're like, you have a block on your account. I'm like, yeah, can you remove that? Because I really need to register. Yeah, I got to register right now. I'm ready to do it. I got it. things yeah. to do. <laughs> and they're like, well, you didn't go spring and summer. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, that was part of the, con- that was part of your fall oh. enrollment. Oh, wow. Now, if you didn't know... I don't know if they still do this, but if you're hanging on the thread of just the threshold of getting in, they'll kind of throw a little bait that says, hey, if you go spring and summer, kind of do them a favor because they're in Roman slow. Yeah. We'll do you a favor by giving you the fall. Well, Mm. I didn't keep my end of the deal. I didn't even realize that (laughs) was the deal deal. because, you know, again, I was 18, not really thinking through. And for sure, (laughs) that was an eye opener because I had already had my, you know, apartment with my girlfriends oh, and it wow. was like so everything's all ready to go oh this is gonna be a walk of shame <laughs> but that, but the interesting yeah. thing too yeah. is it was like oh you're just not now going because your friends are going like it actually meant something mm. it was like yeah wow you actually did want to go now you can't go and I had two options it was like well I guess I could say oh, I'm not going and What's plan B? But then there was a part of me that thought, okay, what are you going to do to become a student that could go there if you want to go there? Okay. And I thought, all right, I want to go there. Like, I wanted to go not for my friends anymore, but because I wanted that. And one thing my mom taught me, too, was get your education. And I'm grateful for her because, you know, where she um, was a single mom without an education, she was very encouraging that you get your education at at whatever expense. And 
But then it became more meaningful that I, I thought, I want to go to this one. I want to go to this university. I want this university at the end of my my degree. And so I'm like, well, you can't be the student you were. Right. So who do you need to become <laughs> to yeah. become that person that isn't hanging by the thread? And I started to think, okay, like, what does a good student do? I'm like, okay, good student goes to class and they read the whole book and they don't use the cliff notes and they do yeah. study groups and they skip out on activities so they can, you know, that I, all the things that I thought a good student would do. And yeah. I just had this checklist and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the list and I'm going to follow the system. And as I did it, you know, I went to class and I read, I mean, for the first time, reading a book cover to cover was in college. I mean, that's embarrassing to stay. And hey, I had honors I'm, classes. I'm Sorry, Mrs. Yeah. Woodward. <laughs> honors <laughs> English teacher. I use cliff notes and I don't encourage yeah. it. I right. cheated myself. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> college, I was like, okay, good students don't use cliff notes. So yeah. I'm like reading. <laughs> My first cover to cover was John Steinbeck, Mice and Men. And it took me until four in the morning. But I was determined that really students that get to BYU do not not read the book you yeah. know so i did what i thought yeah. a student would do well this is part of you becoming that go-getter you were talking about you you learn to become this go-getter that's exactly right? it, the, the interesting thing was so as i followed the system i started to see oh my gosh like i am doing well on tests <laughs> right. yeah. oh my gosh like i am a good student yeah and then my first report card i got in i'm like are you freaking kidding me I had like a 3.99. I'm like, oh my gosh, like me? That's <laughs> yeah. me? And I'm wow. like, all right, let's go. Let's repeat it again. Yeah. And then so, you know, I followed the system again and repeated it. And, and then when I went back and I applied again, it was a completely different experience. Yeah. I filled out that application with humility. Wow. And with a lot of hard work behind it. And as I submitted it, there was no more entitlement, like, mm -hmm. oh, of course I'm going to get in, right? Yeah. It was a very humble experience. And as I submitted it, I thought, well, if I get in, I'm meant to be in. And if I'm not, I did my best. And I knew yeah. I did my best. Yeah. And so a couple of weeks later, I, I get the letter back and I opened it. And it was a completely different experience. It wasn't half reading right thinking i'm entitled it was reading word for word with tears yeah. in my eyes wow. of hard work yeah and here's the cool thing when we have a setback and we're willing to redetermine how bad we want it and we're willing to do the work mm -hmm. and we put in the work yeah. amazing things can happen and here's the cool silver lining. And this is what I love to tell my students. Yeah. Somewhere in that application, I checked this little box that said, hey, would you like a scholarship? And again, not thinking anything yeah, of it, I checked the box. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> right. keep going. But I get this manila envelope two weeks later after my acceptance letter. And in that, I open it and thinking it's going to be like my registration material and things like that. And I open up the certificate. And... It was a scholarship. I didn't even think about it because, yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm a scholar. Like, that's yeah. not me. Yeah. I'm not just flies the whim student yeah. that yeah. used cliff notes, yeah, right? Right. 
Now, I share that story because that was another life lesson to me that, you know, a lot of times we think that people are naturally gifted or naturally talented or naturally smart. And what I've come to find out is, no, they're just very disciplined. Yeah. And what that experience and setback taught me was discipline is the way to excellence. Not necessarily natural. Yeah talent and if you're willing to do the work if you're willing to sacrifice and you're willing to humble yourself and eat a little bit of that humble pie of yeah yeah i i i I didn't do things as i ought to and now i'm going to choose to do it a different way and i'm going to do the work and i'm going to sacrifice and stay up late or whatever that is of you know just really excellence is built from ordinary people willing to do extraordinarily disciplined things. Yeah, I think I heard it said, um, excellence is not an act, but a habit. 100%. And and that's what you're saying here is you just, you started just doing these things over and over again, you know, right? Working hard at it, staying disciplined, and and therefore this, it starts to build this excellence in you and your life and and so on. So, so true. Love that. Very well said. So what do you mean by obstacles are the way? So obstacles I view those is, okay, so in that situation with, you know, the BYU thing, yeah, that could have been a stop sign mm. or you could view it as an obstacle. The obstacles are really things in life that say, how bad do you want it? Or the adversity that it took to Love move that. through it is what teaches you the most meaningful things in life. You know, that... Even like growing up in our childhood, there were some obstacles to our family dynamics. Right. But as I look back now, during the time as we were in the midst of them, they were hard. But I look back and I see so many of the silver linings of just how grateful I was that maybe I had the opportunity to be independent and self-reliant and also just to see even compassionate to each other and what we go through and that these things that we see as obstacles and difficulties and adversities are actually the things that make us who we are the good the character the things that we're proud of if we lean into them do you know what I mean by that by leaning into the adversity of just and looking back with it with humility and gratitude. I'm huge yeah. on gratitude. <laughs> yeah, yes you are, I know. Wow, I love what you said. Obstacles are basically a way, of, it's asking you how bad do you really want it? Right. Man, I, I love that because what a mindset that is. Right. Versus going, well, this is too big thing. I'm, I, I'm just gonna stop, I'll try something else. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that. That was really, that really stood out. And sometimes there is obstacles. You're like, you know what? I don't want that bad enough. (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) But that's the cool thing because then you know the ones that you do want to put your energy into and you're like, this is the one, this is the one I'm putting it into, you know? Yeah. Well, I know you, you've said this already a few times already that you love people. You love helping kids. Why is treating people with kindness and compassion and love so important to you and why is, why does that matter I think because you when I was in school there was a lot going on behind the scenes I was actually quite popular and mm-hmm. I I had a lot going for me I had a lot yeah. of good friends and I had a lot of good things socially but there were a lot of things at home that were 
were ch- challenges that I would say a lot of families go through. But what I, what I think about, and I know even with my own students, is, is for most of us, we don't know what people really are going yeah, through. Right. And the challenges that I would say every one of us have. You know, if we could all walk around with backpacks that we could see how full each other's backpacks were mm, of yeah. the load that we carry. Yeah. I think we would see each other differently if we could see each other's backpacks, but we don't. So I've always just kind of felt we need to assume that everyone's got a pretty heavy load right. and that kindness is really important. I shared, um, we, um, I co-hosted at Lone Peak. We did a Be the Change. It was a challenge day. We did it a lot because we had a lot of our youth mm-hmm. were either suicidal and we did have several years where we had high suicide rates we were hitting the news and things like that we had parents who were like i don't want to send my kids to that school and so we were really heavily involved in this program to uh, teach kids about connection and how important connection is Mm. and um, within that program we did it was kind of like an efy day where you do a little fun and things like that but you'd break off in small groups and you'd teach kids to like learn to open up about real things, you know, because we're really good at showing people what we want people to think or that, you know, and especially now with social media, just kind of throwing things out there. And so we tend to see each other. I equate it to like an iceberg. We're all icebergs, but really we only see like this 10% above the water. And a lot of that (laughs) is a lot of superficial things that we're comfortable sharing with people. And it's not necessarily what lies beneath the surface of who that really person is. And when we're just kind of sharing the 10%, we tend to compare each other's 10% with our 90%. (laughs) And we're like, whoa. That is so true. You know, so it tends to feel, when we feel so different, we tend to isolate and disconnect. And so that's really at the root of of suicide and depression and things Mm -hmm. is the sense of, of... alone of people don't understand or if people knew or you know of just disconnect and so this day was actually inspired for a couple out of california okay that um they had high success with it and we moderated in our school of just teaching the youth how to connect yeah and to actually learn how to connect even physically of appropriate touch of just even like high fives and hugs i don't know if you ever follow mel robbins and the high five thing and how important those are and just hugs and but also teaching them how to appropriately open up about if you really knew me Kind of even what we're doing here. If you really knew me. And we did this really powerful activity at the end to where we would, you know, by the end of the day, we just did a great job of helping these kids open up. And these kids were just on fire of connected. And you could feel just the warmth and connection in the room. And one of the final activities was we did this line where everybody stood on a line. And it was about 200. We could do about 200 a day of the kids and then there was community members we had business owners come in that were invested in mental health and the kids yeah. and we had teachers and administration but so they stood on the line and we did this it was a silent activity of cross the line if cross the line if and we would have them cross mm. if cross the line if you've ever had someone or you or someone you know that has had an addiction cross the line oh, or okay. if you've ever been belittled or 
uh, shamed for your height or weight or, mm-hmm. you know, just different yeah. scenarios. And as these people cross the line, if you were on the other side that didn't cross, you would throw up the I love you of showing support. And if you cross the line, it was very powerful for even adults to look at the people that were on the other side with them and go, I'm not yeah. alone. Yeah, it's powerful. Like you too. Yeah. And we had already taught like appropriate connection and so they would give each other hugs and you would see each other support each other on the other side and then you would see the other side thrown up the hey i love you you, and the support and it was interesting because one of the things that um one of them too was cross the line if you've ever felt like you're alone you don't fit or you don't belong you want to know what percent cross the line probably a hundred like 99%. And we're talking adults and kids. Sure. And that's unfortunate, but not surprising. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, these were kids that you're, and even teachers or things like that, Mm -hmm. that you're like, you're in the commons with all these people. But isn't it interesting how sometimes we can say you can be in the midst of a group of people and still feel alone alone, because somewhere inside there's something or a narrative of something that, feels disconnected from people and so you know going back to your question why is kindness why is gratitude why is grace all these things so important to me is because i think it's not uncommon for most all of us at times to feel alone yeah feel burdened Mm -hmm. feel overwhelmed and we don't see it with each other and so we just need to assume that people could use a giving hand today somebody could use a smile somebody could use a you know an extra five at the counter or things like that and so one of my biggest assignments in class is called grace or excuse me it's called gratitude and generosity where these kids journal for 30 days things they're grateful for Mm. and then they have to do one random act of kindness every day to somebody whether it's kindness with their words or kindness with their money kindness with their talents play the piano for somebody or kindness with their compliments or kindness with their service but just teaching these kids to get outside themselves and serve but also get inside themselves of what am i grateful for and i just think those two practices have a tendency to break down that isolating feeling of loneliness if we can practice them i don't say feel them sure it's about practicing yeah, you them. Practice them. Yeah. Well, those kids, those kids are lucky to have you to show them this stuff. I'm lucky to have no, them. No, and I know you feel that <laughs> way. I know that, and I know that's the connection piece. But I feel lucky to teach wins. these things right. to them because I don't just yeah. like teach them off the cuff. Like I've learned and lived these, and I just I feel good that I'm like these really work. Like this works in the midst of adversity. This works in the midst of challenges. You know. I was going to ask you the question, like, well, why why are so many kids, in your opinion, struggling? It seems like more now than ever. And I know everyone's struggled over the over our lifetimes, but it seems like more now than ever. Do you think social media plays a part in that? In the sense of, you you mentioned how important the connection piece is, and and I got to share this with you because I don't know if I told you this. So when I came and spoke to your health classes um, mm-hmm. at uh, Lone Peak. I remember walking down the hallway when we had a little break and it was between classes and I couldn't believe how quiet 
the hallway was. And it's filled with kids. And I was looking around, why is it so quiet? And every kid's on his phone. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I'm used to a noisy, everyone's right. talking. Blah, blah, right. blah, you know, and it just struck me. I was like, whoa. Right. That it was a little shocking to me. So I just would love to hear your thoughts on if you think that plays a big part in what in what I might be talking about and what your thoughts are on that. I think 100%. Yeah. 100% social media plays into it. Yeah. I think these kids are, and it's not even kids, it's all of us. Yeah. Our phones have disconnected us mm. from the connection, like the real connection. Like yeah. it's interesting because they connect us in a lot of ways. Like I'm connected to a sister that could be in Russia or in right now one's in the Philippines. And yeah. it's awesome that within seconds I can talk to For her. For sure, yeah. But it's actually disconnected us in the way that actually fulfills us mm -hmm. with that connection yeah. of, you know, it's not uncommon if you'll see kids or even, I mean, sometimes even our family hanging out together. We're all on our phones in the same room, the same but room. everybody's scrolling either Instagram or the game or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just common for us to just be in our phones and, you know, you'll be in the hallways and these kids will be you know, within group of 10, but they're all on their phones in the 10. And they may be sharing memes across, but yes, 100%, I think. Yeah, um, I wow. just read this amazing book, and it might be one that you have read, Being in the Addiction World. It's called Dopamine Nation. I've heard of it. I have not oh, read it Oh, you got to read it. Yeah. It's talking about just our addiction to dopamine. But it talks about dopamine fasting. And, and really, our cell phones are dopamine hits. And sure, yeah. of just the importance of learning how to put our phones away and to disconnect from screens and really just trying to be one-on-one -on -one with people. And that was part of that challenge day too, is yeah. learning just how to connect and create conversation. Yeah, without the phone. Without the phone. Yeah, of just that's big. <laughs> talking with yeah. someone and even about like personal things, you know. But, wow. I heard, I heard someone say this once, and it was really profound. He said, we used to look up for inspiration, but now we're all looking down. Yeah. And I thought, whoa. And as profound as that was, it was kind of sad at the yeah. same time a little bit, right? Yeah. And again, I agree with you. There's some really good things about social media. I mean, I, I promote this podcast on social media. Absolutely. And if that's where the world is, I want to at least meet them where they're at because right. that's where they are. And I want I want to inspire them with your amazing story, Karen, and... But it's it's unfortunate. But I love what you said there. And I think we have to learn to to disconnect from that right. so we can connect authentically like this. Right. Like you and I are sitting in this room together, and it's awesome because we're talking. Yeah. And we're connecting. And yeah. It feels great to hear your story and yeah. listen to the, these you know powerful words that you have. Well, and that's where connection comes. It's just those those moments like even like with my kids in between classes like put your phones away and just sit with the kid next to you yeah ask them how you know cool shoes yeah this that how was the game or yeah. you know just tell me about your family but that but yeah. we're just in our phones playing whatever game doing whatever thing passing time you know just if we can learn to get outside of our phones i think that is like one habit if we could learn to like set space to where in our day we connect with people Yes, yeah, so thank you for all the stuff you're sharing. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Do you have, is there a story about a homeless man in San Diego? <laughs> yeah, okay, want, so he you, was another. Would um, you mind sharing that with us? I, I would love to. He was uh, 
a great teacher to me on a few things. Um, so I went through my own divorce. And during that time, one of the difficult things for me was it was difficult to watch my children go to another home yeah. and become part of another family. And, yeah. and through learning how to, you know, navigate that experience, I, I traveled to my, you know, on the weekends they would be with their dad. I would travel and head off to San Diego to okay. be with family Yeah, because um, <laughs> it was a good, good rejuvenating experience for me. But I, uh, I was down there one weekend and I was excited to just have a day on the beach with myself and just really, you know, bury myself in a book and the sun and, and get my, my Coke. And, <laughs> and so I'd parked yeah. my car and I was headed towards the beach, one track mind, you know, and right. not having to worry about anybody drowning today. Yeah. I could just sit in the beach and listen to the waves. Cause when you're on mom duty, it's right. just, <laughs> But uh, so I was headed towards the ocean and I was walking on the sidewalk and all of a sudden I kind of glanced in between these two buildings and just instantly I observed really quickly there was a young man and and I sensed really quickly he was homeless and I mm. also could feel his energy that it was heavy. Mm. And I mean, just one of those, you know, you just glance and make a quick observation and I continued walking and this thought came to me that, you know, you, you, you should stop talk to him mm -hmm. now if you really knew me that's actually not too far-fetched for me because sure. i i i'm a talker you to are. strangers yeah. if i want to but that day i didn't yeah. want to right yeah <laughs> so i was like what like what why yeah. i don't i don't want to stop <laughs> and what am i supposed to say what does he need food does he need yeah. a religious message does he need money because this thought was a very strong impression thought and but i did a really good job of just dampering yeah. and putting it out yeah, and going right. yeah <laughs> so i go to the beach i have this great experience and and you know really relaxing and i'm like oh i'm gonna go get a sandwich at my favorite sandwich shop so again excited to go eat my favorite thing i head back to my car i get in my car i start to drive towards the sandwich shop and boom same young man same feeling really you should talk to him Wow. And at this point, I'm bugged. Yeah, you're like, oh, That boy. internal conflict. Yes. What? What's going on? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't need this voice again. <laughs> I'm hungry. And at this point, I'm in my car, and it's awkward, and it's weird. So, no. <laughs> but the feeling, again, was yeah. strong. And I'm like, hmm, fine. I will talk to this boy. I'll do the awkward thing if I have to get out. But I'm eating first. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to go get my sandwich and I'm going to eat first. And so I did. And I went and I had a great sandwich. It was Witch Witch at that time. I loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. I remember Witch Witch. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I kept my promise and I drove back. And my promise was, is if he's there, I will stop. I will get the parking spot, get out, and I will talk to him of whatever. So I head that way back. And he wasn't there. Mm. Never saw him again. Now, you'd think the conversation would be, all right, can't be promised. It wasn't meant to be. He wasn't there. But then the inspiration and the feeling was, you missed that opportunity. Mm. You didn't listen. Yeah. And at that point, it was like, what? Didn't listen to what? Like, why? What? What is the big deal? Like, yeah. So I ended up going home, and, and it's still kind of like, that experience bothered me of what what was the point of yeah. all of that yeah. you know and as i was processing it about four days later it came to me 
And the answer was he didn't need money. He didn't need a religious message. He didn't need food. Do you know what he needed? He needed somebody to that day to say, I see you. Yeah. I see you sitting here. Yeah. He needed to be seen. I thought, ah, oh. he felt invisible. Yeah. He felt invisible to this world. He felt, I, if he's homeless, he felt, you know, how many times do we see a homeless f- person and we just don't look him in the eye and we just keep going? Or yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally. I just don't yeah. want to acknowledge they're there I, because I, yep. I may feel guilt or this or that. And then it was interesting because I was in my classroom one day and I was, you know, it was a time when I was out in the trailers and I was headed towards this long um, hallway during lunch to get copies or something. And it was a surreal experience because all of a sudden I, I was walking down the hall and I started looking at these kids and I'm like, I saw that homeless kid, but it wasn't him. Yeah, if you know I, what I mean, I know what it was, yeah. we have homeless kids here at Lone Peak. We have homeless kids, like kids that have homes but when we're, they're at school or at work, they don't feel seen. Yeah. They don't feel like they have a place. And that was part of the Be the Change Challenge Day, too, is we need to see each other. Yeah. We need to see those kids in the hallways or in the commons, or mm-hmm. we need to see these people in the alleyway. We, we can't ignore human beings. Right. We have to make eye contact. We have to acknowledge each other. You know, and even just with her phone again, and another example is how many times have we just avoided human contact because we don't, we just would rather look at our phone. Do you know what I mean? Because maybe it's awkward to walk past that person, walk past that person, or maybe it's awkward to sit in line and just exist because maybe somebody wants, do you know what I mean? Like how often are we avoiding human connection? Yeah. And so he was a great reminder to me of, I need to see people. Yeah. I need to see and I need to acknowledge people because that's a human need we all have to be seen. Yeah. And so he was a great reminder to me of, look around yourself and see people. And when you see them, acknowledge them, whether that's a hi, Hey, how was your day? Like, Oh, you've got beautiful eyes or Mm -hmm. just in passing, but acknowledge people. Yeah. Wow. What a lesson, right? And I think we can all relate with that where we've had this prompting to talk to someone or to call someone or reach out. And then we will somehow justify it away. And I and I love what you said. Like, it's not that it wasn't meant to be. It was more that we missed the opportunity. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I what a great lesson. I think that's, I'm listening to this going, man, I got to be better of listening to those promptings and making sure, hey, there's a reason. And and I love, I love your simple answer to that is they just want to be seen. Right. At the end of the day, do you see me? Do you know I exist? You know, again, right. back to that connection piece that you talked about. Can I share one more story? Do we have time for that? We do. Yep. Okay. So have you ever heard of that? um, The five people you meet in heaven? Yeah. um, I've heard it, but I don't know much about it. Tuesdays with Maury guy. Yes. Okay. So anyway, he wrote this book about five people you meet in heaven. Most of us will never know the impact we have on each other for good or for negative. I think too, you know, because as you're sitting there talking, I have this feeling of the reality is I actually did 
not listen to a prompting, which that prompting was there for a reason because he had a very significant need. I don't want to know what I missed out on. And right. I'm sure I will one day know. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But so <laughs> yeah. about eight years ago or so, I had an acquaintance from my high school days reach out to me via Facebook Messenger. Hmm. And it was quite a lengthy little message. And as it started out, it said, I just wanted to thank you. You saved my life. Well, he had my attention. Yeah. I was like, do tell me Excuse how I me? saved your life in, <laughs> in high school. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but as I continue to read, he said, you and a few others saved my life this day. And he proceeded to be open about some things that were going on for him during high school. He was bullied, severely bullied. And um, there was um, an situation to where that day um i'm hoping i'm telling the story because it was years ago and read the very detailed of the message but he had been bullied in the bathroom quite beat up and he had mentally decided i'm over it i'm done i don't want to do it anymore Mm. he was considering suicide and he said i i that day there were a handful of people that saved my life and you were one of them and he proceeded to tell me do you know how I saved his life? In his words, mm. I just waved. Wow. He said, you waved to me. And for whatever reason, when you waved, it gave me hope. And he proceeded to share a couple other people than what they did. And he said, I just, after all these years, wanted to thank you. Man. Because that day, I decided not to. Now, this sounds like a Hallmark movie. But it's so not, I mean, I'm yeah. not like, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? A wave that I don't even remember of an acquaintance to someone. And here we are 20 years later and he's saying, thank you. You saved my life wow. through a random act of kindness of a wave. Just a wave. And he said, thank you, because that day gave me hope, which then led to another day. And then he, um shared he served a mission he got married he had four kids he became an attorney he worked for a great company and he said i'm so grateful for those people that day that saved my life because i was contemplating suicide now going back to why is kindness important did i have any clue that day as he walked out of the bathroom i don't even remember waving to him i don't even remember because that's how insignificant a wave to me was that day yeah but to him that day was an emotional life fest wow and i think so many times in life we're not going to know whether we were an emotional life fest or going back to my junior high experience maybe a drop in a cup of somebody's bucket that is already really full yeah i don't want to be that again Right. Do you know what I mean? Sure, totally. now, again, going back to my junior high experience, I was not the reason, 100%. Right. But my not acknowledging or trying to make conversation or, do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. was just a drop in a bucket of a young boy that felt overwhelmed. Yeah. And so, again, going back to your, your thoughts of why is kindness so important to me? Because every single one of us have a bucket, and I don't know how full they are. And I would rather be a scoop and a ladle taking out than a drop or two in. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And totally. I think how we yeah. do this is really random acts of kindness. Yeah. Just wow. small little things 
to people that seem really insignificant, but maybe one day we'll know yeah. how significant they really are to yeah. each other. Right. Very well said. Wow, it's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. And, and, and for all of it, actually, you know, as I'm listening to your story, I, you know, one of the things I, I'm a big thing that I teach my clients is that life happens for us, not to us. And I'm, and I'm looking at the timeline of your life and the things you've gone through. And I know we haven't gone through all the stuff you've been through, but I just keep seeing, well, that led to this, this led to that, this led to, and here you are, you're now this influence for good for so many people, especially kids. And it all happened, all the stuff you went through happened for you. So you'd be in a position to be able to teach that kindness on a level that these kids are actually going to listen to you. That's what I feel. It's pretty amazing as I watch that. (laughs) That's why, you know, when I was, uh, you, I had shared with you that really, if we just keep putting one foot in front of the other, when we go through hard times and we feel like we're kind of in the dark of things or even these adversities that are like, this doesn't make sense. It's so unfair. Why me? Once you get through it, you look back and you go, oh, that's why. Like, even as you're talking about, there have been times where I've been in the classroom and I feel impressed to share a story. And then I'm like, oh, that's why I had that experience is because I can yeah, teach from the heart exactly, and not from the textbook yeah. because we learn from the heart. That's what, like, we learn from each other's energy of care yeah. and concern. And, and I 100% degree or agree yeah. that life is working for us. Even our most difficult challenges that don't yeah. make sense, if we just say it will one day, I'm just going to keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. It will all come full circle. And you'll realize that all of this like mess that we feel like we're in becomes a beautiful story of really helping each other. Yeah. Helping each other through each other's adversities. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're all in this together. We're in this together. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this is why I love doing this podcast is because I get to hear these amazing uh, stories, the insights, the the lessons learned. And I'm over here taking notes going, geez, I need to be better here. And boy, I'm going to add that. I need to tell my kids this. And so this is this is awesome. I love talking with you. I know you're you're getting ready to, to launch your own podcast and some other things. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about that? And then if someone wants to maybe reach out to you and ask you a question or learn more about what you do what could they do that and what would be the best way absolutely so you know there's a time and a season for everything yeah (laughs) i um i i'm an educator and i love it i'm also now that i'm an empty nester i'm opening my classroom to the bigger classroom and i started um a coaching practice to um i kind of specialize in burnout and burnout prevention, just helping people rekindle that light of what they're passionate about, because it's so easy to go down the road of what we're passionate about. And then when we're like down the road going, but I'm so tired and really just giving that to support to people to rekindle that light. So I do coaching. Um, I also have a, my podcast is pink philosophy. I'm a thinker. I, I, I may not be a huge philosopher, but I have thoughts <laughs> and <laughs> sharing just my thoughts and wisdom of what I felt like I've learned along the way, as well as just the things that yeah. I've academically searched and researched of just, you know, I think we're all in constant effort of how do I live a better day tomorrow? Yeah. How do I live a better day next 
hour. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, and totally. and so yes, I'm starting a podcast at a launch here in yeah. March. I'm, I'm excited. excited for you. Thank you for yes. your encouragement. You have helped me with that. For sure. I can't <laughs> wait for you to get this going. It's gonna be amazing. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. But um you can reach me at Karenfran.com. You can also um I'm on Instagram, uh LinkedIn Facebook, um, you can reach out, DM me there. Okay. Um, the website is almost there, Okay. but uh, you can reach me, DM me okay. also on any of my social medias at Karen Ferran. Nice. So. Well, I'll put all those, I'll put that, uh, those links in the show notes so they know how to get a hold of you and all that fun stuff. So thank you. One last question. You okay. bet. And I, I could talk to you all day. I mean, it's felt like We've been going a little over an hour and it feels like we've been talking for 10 minutes. Seriously, it's awesome. I love this. Um, but here's the question. And you've already shared some amazing advice already. But if there's one person out there right now who's listening to your voice, who's struggling, they're in a dark, dark place. What would you tell them right now? Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. Put one foot in front of the other yeah. <clears throat> and also reach out, reach out for help. Right. And whatever not giving up looks like, if it means, uh, you know, just, just getting up, yeah. getting up and yeah. find somebody that can help get in your thoughts with you because I've found that when we're in our darkest times, it's because we're alone in our head and we need somebody to break the cycle, to reiterate truth and break up the, the disillusion that we've fallen into. Do you know what I mean? I'm not enough. I'm this or that people would be better off without me or this is too much or I don't have it in me. And so I would encourage you one, find somebody. Yeah to allow you in to allow them into your space yeah and be real with them be honest with them and have somebody to open up to but don't give up yeah beautifully said thank you thank you so much and thank you for taking time um thank you for having me what what an honor and pleasure (laughs) to sit sit in the hot seat yeah the old hot seat yeah (laughs) no it's 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 definitely our blessing to have you share your insights and stuff and boy i've i've been touched in my heart today listening to you so this is i i i'm the spoiled one because i get to sit here and and listen to these amazing stories. And so, right. and I'm just grateful. I want your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sit and listen to people's I know. fun stories. It's amazing. Isn't yeah. And to be fun? able to give some insight as well. So thank you for taking the time. I'm excited for your podcast. That's going to be amazing. Well, Todd, you're yeah. doing amazing things. You're doing thank really you. good. You're touching lives. I know that on a personal level because I've seen you in my classroom. I've also mm. seen you with personal thank individuals you. in my in my world. And I just, you're doing yeah. good things. And Thanks. I feel grateful to be in the midst of good things oh thank you well there you go guys i told you this was going to be amazing karen Ferran, please look her up and uh, share this episode with anyone you know especially if you have someone you know that is struggling um, sometimes like we said we, we don't know how to communicate sometimes i have found if you share the link to this episode to someone you know who's struggling it kind of breaks the ice. And then you can follow up back with them and say, hey, what'd you think of what Karen said? 
You know, is there anything I can do to help you? That kind of thing. It's a really great way. So if you know anyone who might be struggling, share the link with them. Uh, thank you for your support. Again, thanks to my sponsors. And Karen, one last thanks to you and all the good you're doing. You know, Best of luck with all that you're doing. And thanks for being a light in this world because we need it. Thank you. You bet. Till next time, everyone.